You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Well, good morning, check one, check two, Chica and Jay coming back at you, listeners. Thank you for being present. Thank you for being patient as we have uh, managed to find another time to record another episode. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Chica. It's good to be back. All right. So last week, or last episode, should I say, a couple of weeks ago, we continued to this idea of the idea of time travel, and we started looking forward and asked ourselves, is it okay to look forward as a biblical man? And today we want to wrestle with, okay, if looking forward is that, what is this? What is being in the presence today? What is being present today look, sound, and feel like? So, Jay, if you wouldn't mind praying for us, we're going to jump straight into the discussion around being present. Yeah, I'd love to pray. Lord, thank you for bringing us back together this morning. Thank you for your word, which has so much to say about living in the present, how to think about the future, and how to think about the past and guide us in this conversation this morning so that we hear what you want us to hear. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Jay. Well, this is a uh, a big, big topic, being present. Um, and we could, again, wrap with the world's wrestle with being present as well as a biblical man's wrestle of being present. What's the distinction when you hear about namaste, find your center, be present, take a deep breath, versus what Jesus may have told us uh, when he was on this earth. Um, What's your distinction? Well, I think a lot of what the world teaches is looking inward. And Jesus was always being present with other people and looking outward. It's not that he didn't take time. He did quietly to go off and pray with his father to restore and reset. But he was present in a different way. It wasn't some esoteric, I'm detached from the world in the present moment. It was very, very gritty. Like I am present in this moment, like it's the only moment that matters and the only moment I'll ever have. And in a weird way, it's almost like he lived in the present, like the present was eternity. And it was just so focused, like he wasn't worried about time while he was in the present. And I thought, I think he's an an incredible example of complete and total focus on what he's doing. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. Jesus is like omnipotent. There is no time for Jesus, yet he can be so present today. <laughs> um, I, I, when, when you were speaking, I was thinking just about yesterday, and I know that, that we love and laugh when we talk about the world of Zoom now. I mean, how interesting is it, just as a simple education for ourselves, that if we're on 10 Zoom calls a day, when you're staring at the screen, are you completely present with the person on the other side of the screen? Are you completely present with your wife when she's asking you something and you're typing a text to somebody else? I mean, we could go so many ways with what presence looks like um, from a biblical standpoint. Probably we're the least present people in the history of the world, right? And you know, if you're on those Zoom calls, (laughs) you can tell when people are paying attention or not. They're working on three things. And there's enough science out there now that like humans actually aren't good multitaskers. It's terrible. There's so much amazing brain science around that, that we won't get into here, but just rest assured, we're not good multitaskers and we can't be totally present with people when we're doing more than one thing at a time. 
And the Zoom is a great example. I mean, you can completely tell when somebody has checked out on you on Zoom, uh, even if they're trying not to. And it's hard to stay focused, but it's the world we live in. And we're getting pinged and panged and ponged and all of these things <laughs> with all of these devices. And, you know, it's a real fight now. We're going to have to be so intentional to live in the present. And all of the stuff bombarding us wants to drag us to the past and the future. And it creates an environment where anxiety and fear can really thrive. We are told when we, when we think about scripture to fix our thoughts on Jesus, told to set our minds on things above. And if we take this into a biblical kind of prayer situation, I know that you, for me, are one of my favorite people to always ask me, have you asked Jesus? And I think about walking through a day and some days, like yesterday, we were on so many calls. I get to the end of the day and go, oh, crap, I didn't even ask Jesus about that, whatever I'm wrestling with, whatever I'm anxious with. Yet again, we're meant to set our minds on things above and we're meant to fix our thoughts on Jesus. How does that for you speak about the present, Jay, where we, we can roll through our days and get to the end of the day and then say our prayer before bed, get up the next morning, say our prayer, and then roll into the day, but yet we forget to be present with Jesus as we're working through what we're working through? Yeah, it happens to me all the time. I think one of the things to recognize is we have too much to do. We have too many things on our plate. And then on top of that, we've got the pressure of the TV show we're watching and you want to stay caught up and these other things that are happening in the news. And it, it, it's, a, it's a huge challenge. You know, when we look back at the great mystics and we read their writings and we want to emulate them, Brother Lawrence, you know, Frank Laubach and the Game of Minutes, the Desert Fathers. And, and you just, there's part of your heart that goes, well, Brother Lawrence, his job for however many decades was he got up and he made bread and he stayed with Jesus all day. And then he went to his cell and prayed. And you know, he was a monk, they call him cells. He wasn't in prison. But, you know, we're bouncing from thing to thing to thing so quickly, we just forget. And I think the big challenge now will be, how do I create enough margin without checking out of the life I live to stay present in the moment? I think that's a huge challenge for all humans, but particularly, you know, believers and in, in biblical men in the Western world is, how in the world do I create margin in every minute of the day? to stay focused on what's most important, my connection to God, which should drive how I am at work and how I am with my family. So I'm not missing the opportunities to speak into people that he's giving me all day long. And when I'm so busy, I, I miss the opportunity to do kingdom work because I'm just doing work work. I want to challenge both you and myself. Jay, we, we can say that out loud, but creating margin, really? I mean, in the seasons of life that we are right now and the, the jobs that we have, really? Maybe we can spend a second just being honest and saying that we, I, I know that for the last month, I've really sucked at creating margin for myself. I, I seem to pile on and enjoy filling the gaps to stay busy. And so what, why do I need to fill the gaps? Why, why, why can't I just uh, take a time to, to just be? Our brains have been rewired by modern day life. And so they need a lot of stimulation, right? We're used to having our frontal cortex just pounded with dopamine hits and not to get too far off, you know, into brain science. But I mean, the reality is that drives our behavior. And so one of the challenges, I think for all of us, I know I live, I don't, I haven't solved this. I haven't solved this in any way is how do you take a step back? Like, how do you live in the moment without being driven by the moment? And I think that's what Jesus was so good at. Like 
all kinds of chaos around him all the time, people jostling around, but he could stay in the moment. You know, the, the, the parable, it's not a parable, the story of the woman who touched the hem of his robe and it stopped her bleeding, you know, and I thought the chosen did a great job depicting this, you know, it was utter chaos around Jesus. And he stops the whole party and he's like, Hey, somebody touched me. And his disciples are like, um, everybody's touching you. Like this is an out of control crowd. We're all getting slammed around. And he's like, no, no, no. Somebody touched me and the power went out of me. Like somebody touched me on purpose to get healing. And they did because of their faith and like just his ability to stop and be so present all the time with what's going on. I think that's what challenges us. So a good example, Chica, like you said, and Frank Laubach would talk about this in the game of minutes, which is a great little book you should get your hands on is while you're on the zoom call, you know, in your mind, Lord, what do you want me to say to these people? How do you want me to frame this next comment? What am I missing in this conversation? I should be seeing what strategy are you trying to bring to the front of our mind that I could help share with the team? That would be a totally different way to be, you know, on zoom. I'm not saying I do that. I'm saying I'd like to do that. I try to do that, (laughs) but like you cheek, I can get really, really caught up and then get five hours into my day and be like, I didn't ask. I set out with good intentions. I'm going to invite God into every meeting. I'm going to keep him in my thoughts while we're talking so I can stay present on what these people are saying to me. And then I don't. I think of the coach that I had growing up playing rugby back in Australia, who first gave me the example of the the concept of the comfort zone. Because you know that you've got this square and when you're inside the square, you're comfortable. And when you step outside the square, you become uncomfortable, which actually expands the inside square because you're becoming uncomfortable, which you become comfortable with. And I think for me, just listening to you speak there, Jay, filling my schedule actually provides comfort because I can control what I control and actually filling my, and think about this for a second, how often do we fill our schedule with the low hanging fruit, the stuff that we can go to just to do, to be busy, to stay active, to look engaged. And I know as a sense of pride, I I look around people when they start conversations nowadays, and when somebody starts a conversation, listeners, check in with yourself. Oh, today I was so busy. What's that about? Um, And I'm asking that just for a self-reflection because I've often asked that of myself. That's about you wanting recognition for how busy you are. For what reason? Well, in, in the American culture, this is a huge deal. We are so driven. You know, the rest of the world does a better job with downtime, vacations, even the rest of the developed world. In America, man, we just, it is such a point of pride. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. I'm end to end. And and now we're forcing it on our kids. Look at our kids' sports schedules. Look at their schools. It's disgusting. (laughs) It's it's pretty crazy. But think about it. If you wanted to take people out, so let's back to biblical men and what's going on in the broader story, right? Because there's multiple stories going on, the story we're living in, but the story we can't see that's happening all around us. And what would be the best way for the enemy to take you out? Is it to get you to commit crazy sin and have an affair on your wife or fall off the edge of addiction? I mean, those are things that certainly happen. But what if he just made you really busy and you totally missed story God had written for you because you were so busy, you couldn't slow down to ask it. I think that is a powerful weapon being deployed against biblical men, particularly in America today, is I'll take you out just by making you so busy that you don't have time to even think about being missional. I think of the word watchful, just as you say that, if the enemy's prowling around, and, and I think of there's a verse in Matthew 
that says, so stay awake, alert. You have no idea what day the master will show up. But do know this, you know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, the enemy, he would have been there with his dogs to prevent the break-in. So be vigilant just like that. So I take that being watchful in this present day and age um, is, is very, very concerning for me because the Bible tells us to be fully awake and vigilant and to see things that God is seeing um, and that he wants to reveal to us, which brings up a whole nother talk that I'm sure you'll, you'll be able to wrap on here. When we are busy, we miss the things that the Spirit's bringing us. When we are busy, we're not present to hear from the Holy Spirit. God is the still small voice, and the still small voice is impossible to hear when we're super slammed and slaves to our schedule. Now, we live in a busy world, so the message here is not you're going to be able to throw all your responsibilities away. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be on eight Zooms a day. It's my job in the season of life I'm in. That's going to happen. But I woke up this morning thinking about the verse, the power of life and death is in the tongue. What are we speaking over ourselves and our schedule? What we spoke last week about words have a power to create. It's it's a universal law of some kind that we don't fully understand. How am I using my words to bring life every day? So one of the things I'm definitely pivoting to this year in 23, as I'm thinking about how I want to be in the world is, how can I use the opportunity of being on all these Zooms, interacting with people all day around the country? as an opportunity for ministry. How can I use my words to bring peace and space on all these calls, to bring calmness, you know, to help people not be as frantic? As a leader, that's something I can do. And I am responsible for setting pace. And there's no doubt, I lead a large organization that has a lot of things to get done. I have to set a hard pace, but how can I do that in a way that brings life? That brings life. I mean, it's not like Jesus didn't have a lot to get done in three years. You know, it's not like he wasn't busy didn't set a hard pace, but he did it in a way that brought life. I mean, that is something I'm really thinking about today. How can I use my role, my words, my authority, bring life and space in a world where I still have to guide people that have to get a lot of things done, but I don't want it to destroy their lives. So as many of the listeners know on this podcast, we love to get practical, Jay. We could talk and I'm sure we could continue to quote verses that tell us not to be anxious for tomorrow, not to look back and reflect on the sins, repent, and then let's let's be here with God and ask Jesus where he wants us to go. So I'm trying to think for myself, like, what can I do just this weekend? Like, what's a simple thing I can do? The listeners know I've got, I've got two stunning caramel daughters that I just wish that when they walk in the room at what I would consider the wrong time, because I'm still cleaning up the... Uh, the work downstairs or speaking to somebody about what we're about to do this weekend, maybe for me this weekend, it's let's put the phone up, not down, put it up like in the cupboard for a day. Let's fast. And if you didn't have that distraction in your pocket or the comfort zone of scrolling to go to, what could presence look like with the people that are closest to you this weekend? I think that's really good. You know, we think about all the different things and all the books and five steps to living in the present moment. (laughs) it's all pretty overwhelming. You know, Frank Laubach's The Game of Minutes is overwhelming. It's a different world these days. You know, what I'm going to be attempting to do is in the morning asking Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to focus on? How do you want me to operate? And then in the evening, coming back around and saying, how did I do against that? How did I do against that? And that's a way for me, I'm going to walk into 
starting to slow things down so I can back into, maybe I can take it from asking them in the morning and reflecting in the evening to a couple of times a day to playing the game of an hour where I'm thinking of Jesus and talking to him and maybe back my way down into getting more and more into the present life of the kingdom so I can hear the still small voice in the chaos around me. So we've talked about being focused. I spoke about just then being loving and how to love other people by being present. You just spoke about how to be prayerful and ask Jesus. The final uh, practical way that I think that we need to remind ourselves as believers is to believe today, right? I know that the psalmist tells us, trust in the Lord at all times, Jay. So what's a practical example, because I know that you've just had a couple of weeks, that as men, we can be present today by trusting in the Lord at all times. So one of the things that's been jumping out to me recently all over the Bible is the word ask, 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 ask and you shall receive, ask and the Lord will, ask and this, ask and that. And so I'm going to be just asking God, oh God, I'm starting to get a little tense. What should I do right now? Oh God, what? And he's going to respond to that. Give everything to me. Take a deep breath. Think about this. So for me, it's going to be asking. I'm going to spend my day asking. As I start to spin up and spin out, I'm just going to ask what, where, right now, Lord, what? This is what I feel I need. What should I do? I'm going to ask. Faith is a non-negotiable when it comes to being fully present. And I think that without the idea of faith in what we're being called to be. We can't please God or we can't live victoriously for Jesus in the moment that we're in because we're worried about something else. So as we wrap up this week, I'm going to pray us out. Listeners, I, we invite you to take on these practical tips and we'd love to hear any reactions. We will put the email in the notes below and share this episode with a friend for any friend of yours that is struggling to be present. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for bringing this podcast in front of Jay and I today with this topic. Lord, thank you for your spirit through these words that we speak. And Lord, as we step into this week, we ask that you can send that spirit to our listeners so they can continue to be thankful, to be content, to be watchful, be focused on you and the faith to believe that you are here at all times. Lord, we love you so much. We say all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.